0: To a very special episode of the Mama Marketer podcast, I am your host Olivia Hayes, and in today's episode, the script is being flipped a little bit. Um, my mother-in-law Jody Hayes is actually interviewing me, and she is interviewing me as part of an assignment for a course that she is currently taking at Independence Community College, which is my alma mater. It's where I got my associates of communications, I mentioned that in this interview. So the course that she is taking is called Entrepreneurial Mindset. And this is a class where they are exploring lessons that make entrepreneurs successful and exploring how those lessons can help make the attendees of the class better problem solvers in their professional lives, their personal lives, or even just as college students. So um, it sounds like a really cool course. I was really honored to be interviewed for this. And the reason I went ahead and recorded the interview was because I realized that a lot of people who have just recently found my blog or found my podcast You guys don't actually know the story of when I ran an agency and what went into creating that and the different phases that we went through with the agency. So I feel like it's a really interesting interview, Um, good advice for someone that's maybe wanting to get started out in digital marketing, Um, and uh, just some information about the course. Uh, If you go to fablabicc.org, that is the venue that is hosting this course, Um, and uh, there's virtual options to attend. There's even a special scholarship for women that want to attend. So it sounds really interesting. If you want to get more information about that, I will link to that in my episode notes. Otherwise, let's go ahead and jump into my
1: conversation
0: with my mother-in-law, Jody.
1: So Olivia, I am curious, uh, what did you do prior to going into business for yourself?
0: Okay, so right before starting our business, um, I worked at a call center for a very long time. Uh, And then Dean and I had gotten some information that that call center probably was not going to be around uh, very much longer. And so um, we were both, my husband and I were both working at the call center. So um, he was salary, I was hourly. So I left my hourly position so that all of our eggs were not in that basket and then uh from there I went and was working I was managing a portrait studio it was the chain that was like inside JCPenney inside Walmart I had like a few of those that I was responsible for working in hiring in sales goals retail hours all that good stuff and then um, that company that I I think I maybe worked there about a year or so um, I guess it had to be less than a year, but what the funny thing is, is that the call center I was working in and the portrait studio that I went to manage directly after both went bankrupt in the oh. same year. They both went under. Was that
1: 2008
0: ish? We, we started the company in 2013. So it, it was bad. probably 2012.
1: Okay. Oh my gosh. Okay. Awesome. So you had experience with two companies that you're working for that are supposed to be the stable companies the that safe, both the, the safe alternative yep. that both went bankrupt. Yep. And so was that the point you decided, you know what? I'm ready to do something different.
0: Yes, absolutely. I mean, we we figure the, the thing you always hear about being an entrepreneur is the risk, but we had lived through that it was just as risky working for somebody else as it is working for yourself. Uh, yeah, we might've gone, we, we could have gone under, you know, it could have not worked out, but we figured it was a same risk, but a better payoff if, if it did work out. So um, in between, like when the, when the portrait studio, before they went bankrupt, I had already kind of started helping like friends and family with like a website here, social media there, a YouTube channel here. I had kind of started doing, digital marketing without calling it digital marketing. And so when I showed up at the portrait studio and they were like, oh, you only have a job for a couple more weeks. And it's basically going to be packing up everything and selling it off. And I basically told them, I don't think I'm going to do that. I think it's better worth my time to go back home and see if I can get more than just friends and family that want me to make content for them. So that's kind of, we, I remember it was January 3rd and we stayed up all in one night, made like our first pricing menu, our website, our logo, like we like did it all in one night and we were just ready to go.
1: Wow. (laughs) Do you think that that, do you think that the pressure of knowing I've got to, I've got to do something else and I've got to do something else quick because our family income depends on, it? do you think that that was a motivator for you to kind of jump in?
0: Uh, I think so. Yeah. I mean, I, I know people that have like side hustles or whatever you want to call it, but they don't like need it. And there is a, there is a definite, no matter what they say, there is a definite different feeling in you when like, you know, you're replacing an income, not just having a a side business or a hobby business. I needed to replace my income.
1: Absolutely. Dean and I have said, all along that you guys are two of the bravest people we know. <laughs> we,
0: we, we heard that a lot when we like first started the business. And I remember being like, I don't really feel that brave. Like, but it is, I mean, you do have to put yourself out there a lot. You have to get comfortable talking to strangers. I had to get comfortable training people. I had to get comfortable, you know, networking and there, 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 there definitely is something to that.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Goodness gracious. So you've kind of asked, I think you've kind of answered why you decided to pursue an entrepreneurial path. Can you remind me when you first started, was there just one business?
0: Um, Yeah, it was, it was our marketing firm.
1: Okay. So that was Hayes H.
0: Hayes Marketing. Yeah.
1: Seems like a lifetime ago. (laughs) It does. It really does. So when you thought about starting your marketing business, were there specific problems you were trying to solve for others?
0: Yeah. So the main problem that we were trying to solve is, okay, we lived in New Braunfels and we were right outside of like Austin and San Antonio. So of course, Austin and San Antonio had really big marketing and advertising firms. But I always make the joke, unless you were like Southwest Airlines or Schlitterbahn, unless you were a a big company, they really were not interested in small businesses or mom and pop businesses. No one was catering to these local businesses that were small to medium size. They just weren't a big enough account, I don't think, for some of the bigger agencies. Um, but at the same time, they needed help. Uh, this was right when like, not everyone had a Facebook page yet. Not everyone even had a website yet. When I first was like, I literally printed a flyer and went like door to door downtown and in green, like the small non-franchise parts of town and was (laughs) handing out flyers. And yeah, I I ran into people, like I said, that didn't even have websites or Facebook or didn't know how to show up in Google results. And they would say that they would call the big agencies but they wouldn't even take their call if they didn't have like five, $10,000 to spend on ads or whatever, you know? And so that's kind of the problem I set out to solve was there's a way that I don't have to have a big price tag. There's a way that these small to medium businesses, they, you know, back in the day, it was really radio TV advertising, right? Right. Smaller, smaller businesses could afford like maybe a newspaper, a church bulletin, some kind of print. But when social came, all of a sudden everyone could afford marketing and advertising. You know, you didn't have to spend thousands of dollars on a billboard. You could spend you know, 10, 20 bucks on a Facebook ad. And these, these small to medium businesses, these mom and pop businesses were maybe a certain age or were maybe just very busy. They just needed a little bit of help. They didn't need a full on campaign with the TV spot at the Super Bowl. They just needed like a decent website, right? So that's, that's the problem I set out to solve was to only focus on small to medium businesses, mom and pop generational businesses that wanted to know how they could play in digital marketing.
1: Was there something specifically that alerted your thought process to, gosh, this is, the, this is the segment of the market that I'm best equipped to help?
0: So I realized that a lot of people told me after we had been working together for a couple of years that they wanted to work with me because I was close enough to being an entrepreneur myself. I had just started this business that I remembered their struggles And so people would tell me that they trusted me with their money more than they would trust a big ad agency or a rep at an ad agency that had no idea what it meant to have your name on the door. And so I didn't, I, of course, I didn't realize that at the time, Um, but I would always tell people like, I know what it's like to work for every dollar that comes in and I'm not going to waste it on a bad ad or waste it on, you know, something that I don't think is the right marketing for you. So.
1: Excellent. One of the commonalities we've seen in most of the entrepreneurs that we've studied, Olivia, didn't necessarily go through the traditional route of obtaining education. So we have we have learned from entrepreneurs who have, you know, many of them actually didn't even finish high school. They family circumstances or personal circumstances kind of motivated and propelled them to go into business for themselves. Others, of course, have followed the traditional route, but I would say the vast majority that we are learning about really didn't. They, they really have used real-world experience as their classroom. Does that, does that resonate with your experience?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, people are still to this day shocked to know that with everything I've done and running a business for five plus years, that I only have an associate's degree. I only have an associate's degree from Independence Community College. That's the only, yeah, that's the only secondary education I have. Um, But I will say that, like, I got a degree in communications. And I think that especially when I was running an agency day in and day out, I definitely use that degree every single day. And I don't even think people with bachelor's degrees can say that. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I definitely, I remember there was a point where I had thought maybe I should finish my bachelor's and thought maybe that would make the business look better. I'd get more people. But I literally, like the time I would have to spend away from the business that was already making money just to focus on, you know, wrapping up a bachelor's, it, it just didn't make sense. I got to a point where, um, and and to be honest, when I started the business, you couldn't even, you can get a degree in social media marketing now. You couldn't back then. Social media degrees, digital marketing degrees. I mean, K-State just started one. WSU just started like an official digital marketing degree. Those were not Degrees back then, and so I I wasn't really competing with anyone I don't feel like uh, because those were such new platforms and I remember one time. kind of towards the end of the business and living in Texas, I had just given a presentation and someone asked me like Oh, how do you compete with someone that has a marketing degree from from you know Texas State or something and I'd be like well they can have that degree all they want it doesn't replace the five plus years experience I have, I've been working in social media since 2013. So I have a historical knowledge and a technical knowledge that a degree isn't necessarily going to give them until they're in there managing content, managing ads day to day. So I would say, I definitely, I definitely resonate with that.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. It just struck me as I was listening to you kind of talk through your history what an unusual opportunity you created for yourself to enter an industry at its ground level. I mean, you really are such an early adopter in terms of taking that knowledge and marketing it to a very specific segment of the population. It's just really interesting.
0: Yeah, I used to not even, I used to tell people, even if you want a TV ad, I'm not going to help you with it. Like I used to only, towards the end, I had customers that trusted me enough where I was writing radio scripts. I was designing billboards, um, but I used to be like, old marketing, traditional marketing, madman marketing, I don't want it. If you want to do that, go somewhere else. Um, I got a little more open towards the end, but yeah, all, all I was interested in was online. I used to tell them, they'd be like, what kind of marketing can you help with? And I'd be like, well, if it has to do with marketing your business on the internet, I could probably do it.
1: Okay. Which also, listening to you talk about it helps me understand really how deep that is now. You know, I think people out in the industry think about social media marketing is really one thing. And it's really, it sounds like what you're describing is much more than that.
0: Yeah. I mean, social is part of digital marketing. Um, Digital marketing really includes like social email, search engine, your website, that type of thing. So social is by far the funnest part of it. (laughs) (laughs) It's much funner to create some Instagram posts than to configure a Google ad. Um, but yeah, it all kind of falls under the digital marketing umbrella.
1: Even that terminology has changed. Yes. In the amount of time you've been in the industry.
0: Yeah. And to like, uh. when I was, when I was, the agency was at the height and I had like three or four employees, literally my full day would be just if Google was going to make an algorithm change or Facebook was going to make an algorithm change or a new platform was going to come out. Like it was a full-time job, just staying abreast of the changes because it wasn't like traditional marketing that took forever to turn the train around. Google could make a switch in one click that would affect everyone's results. And same thing with Facebook. So it was a full-time job to know, like, when are the changes coming and what do we need to adjust for clients?
1: There are obviously a lot of aspects to this, that I, most of us don't have any idea what's happening in the background to present the thing that we're seeing, whether it's on our phone or our computer or whatever. It's yeah, so interesting. <laughs> so what, what resources did you start with? Would you, that you stayed up January the 3rd and you put your plan together. What resources did you have available to, to help you get started?
0: We literally, that's the other part of digital marketing that uh, was the reason we focused on it is I literally already had a laptop with internet access and we had a spare bedroom that we operated out of. Even after we had a couple employees, we still operated out of a spare bedroom. So this was not a business that had a lot of cost to get started. Um, Most people, are lucky enough to already have uh internet access and some kind of device so it's it's really very easy to get started um in the digital marketing realm
1: what would you say so i'm going to back up so that was pretty much how your business was oriented when you were in new braunfels so um You're no longer in New Braunfels. You've made the move. So can you talk about the pivot your business took as you relocated your family?
0: Yeah. So uh, our business really went through like kind of three stages. So we kind of had like the first stage where we were working out of the house. It was me and one or two assistants, you know, Um, and then the second stage we got into was very much like we felt like. Uh, there was maybe two other marketing firms in town that we were sort of competing with. You know, there were same names that I kept seeing up besides ours. So we felt like we needed to have an office. We felt like we needed to join the chamber and the Hispanic chamber and the women's chamber and all the things um, to network and get our name out there. Um, brought on a couple more employees. Um, and so that was definitely kind of the, that, that that was tough. That was That was something I was not prepared for, was all of the things I needed to do to keep infrastructure and growing and just you know it, it was all things that my business counselor I worked with someone at the small business administration we had a location in New Braunfels and they had free mentoring classes and so she she had pushed uh you know joining all of the networking groups and getting out there and going to all the nonprofit events and everything and being seen and oh my gosh that was a crazy time that that caused burnout and and looking back now it really ate into our profits doing all of those things and so when we were looking at wanting to relocate relocate to Kansas um, a lot of the businesses New Braunfels was a hospitality heavy town so a lot of the businesses had to do with traveling to New Braunfels bars restaurants concert venues hotels that type of thing it didn't super make sense for me to still do their content when I didn't live there anymore. So basically we changed it to where me and my two or three uh, employees that I had at the time uh, were basically just individual freelancers, not under a big umbrella, not under a big uh, office infrastructure or anything like that. And that's kind of where I'm at now, where it's like, I'm just a one woman show and I'm just doing freelancing. Um, I get to choose what projects I I want to do when, you know, if it's if I feel like doing a design project or I feel like just doing a writing project, I can kind of decide those. So that's kind of, I don't know, that's kind of the three stages of me as an entrepreneur: like working out of the home, which was really fun; the kind of the the stressful part of having infrastructure, and then kind of uh, I don't want to say a return to how we were at the beginning because we weren't even really like this at the beginning, but just um, smaller, smaller scale at this
1: point. When you think about some of those traditional draws to being an entrepreneur, that freedom of schedule and that freedom to choose the kinds of things you work on, that feels like a really good fit to where I see you now.
0: Yeah, When uh, when we had the business, I mean, especially there at the beginning, I mean, I was just working with anybody that would work with me. Even if we didn't get along, even if I didn't like their communication style, uh, even if they fought me on on billing, I just worked with the, with anybody, right? Um, and yeah, it was it, it it's nice where I'm at now um, because I'm new. I I'm I'm not new anymore. I don't feel like I have to prove myself to every client. I also don't have to put up with every client. Like once I learned, I learned in a conference one time that we were capable of firing clients if they were not treating us well, because my main product is my time. I'm not selling something tangible. Yes, I might make a website or a logo or whatever, but my main thing that I'm billing, my main product is my time and energy. And so, once I got better at at defending that, <laughs> um, it's kind of where I'm at now where it's it's a little bit easier. It's not as stressful by any means.
1: Was it challenging for you at first to think about what is what is my value? What What is my time worth what is my expertise worth and uh, so i then i need to price my time accordingly was that a challenging thing for you at first
0: yes pricing is really hard in a service-based type of thing especially when you're like i didn't have someone that i could like even like restaurants and stuff like they have hard costs that they can then build their profits on top of mine wasn't really like that you know sometimes i would have like a hosting cost or like the actual price of the Google ad, you know, I would have that, but that's minimal. Um, so yeah, pricing is pricing is still a, a, a hard thing to pin down, especially it's one of those industries where it's like, I could pay Olivia, you know, $100 an hour to make a website, but I could also have my cousin's brother's girlfriend who is good on a computer do it for like free, you know? So it's like, I deal I deal with a lot of that. I deal with a lot of people that Oh, they give it to their kid to do it because their kid must know social media. And then I used to say, when your kid makes a mistake or does something you can't undo, let me know. (laughs) So I used to literally tell people that when they'd be like, oh, my son runs my Facebook, I'd be like, okay, well, when your son wants to install a blueprint or uh, a pixel and he can't figure it out, then I'm still here.
1: What a lovely way to remain available and and really kind of take that out of the exchange, you know, to say I'm still willing to be in relationship with you and I'm still willing yeah. to come in and support you, that, that can be kind of challenging, I think.
0: Yeah, and, and a big thing that I did differently was I was willing to train people. I got a lot of businesses that said, I think that I could handle posting something. Um, or I think I could handle like changing my menu on my website once a quarter, but I just don't have the know-how. And if you would just spend a little bit of time with me, like I had one client that had hired me to do SEO search engine optimization on his website. And we had agreed on that and he was paying me that. And then he was like, can I pay you extra just to come and watch you when you work so that eventually I can figure it out. And I was like, sure. You know? Um, and I remember having friends at bigger firms in Austin be like, you're going to train yourself out of a job. You're going to train them what, what they're hiring you for. And yeah, that was true. But the thing I learned about entrepreneurs is that they hang out together. So I would graduate one client and they would be able to do it themselves. And, and they sure enough, eventually they would have another referral, starting a business, needs to know the basics, and they would come my way. So even though my counterparts thought that was crazy, um, I feel like it worked out. I feel like
1: it worked out. <laughs> Absolutely. One of the things that um, Jim and I have talked about is just that idea of stewardship and how, you know, that I, the idea of stewarding your, not only your money and your time, but your talents. um, That just seems like that really speaks well to that. Like you, you've stewarded the knowledge you have and you're making it available. And, and if you kind of have that with an open hand, Uh, It'll come back around and you'll get more opportunity to do that.
0: Yeah. And that's a thing that I feel like is somewhat specific to a marketing business because it's not like a typical vendor relationship, right? Like the guy that drops off the hamburger buns doesn't really care how many the restaurant sells. But when I'm marketing the restaurant, their success is my success. The more times they're visited, the more visibility they have, the more it looks like I'm doing a good job. Right. So, so yeah, 100%, like I was in it with my clients.
1: All right. So now you're no longer New Braunfels. You're in the middle of, of our great state and your business has shifted a little bit. Can you talk about the businesses that you are currently managing in addition to the Hayes marketing?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I don't do a whole lot with Hayes Marketing anymore. When I first moved here, there were still several projects where I would work with the same employees that I had back in Texas. And like, we would have one guy that would take pictures, one girl that would do graphics, and then I would maybe organize the structure of the website. So we kind of just like as individual contractors work together for a very long time, but now it's kind of just me. So obviously I run my own blog and my own website uh, or my own blog and my own podcast now. And then I am still doing, um, I don't really do uh, content creation anymore. Like I'm not the person that's responsible for someone's Facebook posts going out every day or someone's newsletter going out every month. But what I do still enjoy doing is training. So, um, I will build someone's website and then give them a training on it so that they can manage it going forward. Or, uh, it will happen where like, there's a couple of real estate agencies that I've worked with a long time and they'll get like a new, a new advertising person or a new receptionist or something. And I will have to kind of go in and train them. And I work with a couple of different nonprofits where like once a year we come together and I just kind of give them some reminders on, you know, we should be doing videos on social media and we should be writing blogs with them once a month and just kind of giving them current best practices. So, um, so that's kind of where I'm at. It's definitely more of like a consulting type role, consulting training. Um, But I remember being at an event in San Antonio, I think it was with uh, PRSA, which is like the public relations of San Antonio, something as a networking event. And I remember there was a girl up there who was a speaker, a blogger, an author, all the things I'm trying to do right now. And I remember her saying like every digital marketer, every content creator eventually gets to the point where they're doing it for themselves, where they're promoting themselves over their clients. I remember being like, oh, like I had a blog when i had the agency but i would feel so guilty sitting down and creating stuff for myself when i could be creating stuff for our clients you know um, so where i'm at now like kind of my my projects and my things i want to get out for people kind of takes precedence and then i may, might have like one or two projects going on in the background so so yeah it's kind of a new i'm still an entrepreneur i'm still working in the digital marketing space it's just i'm able to do more of Kind of an encouraging training type role now.
1: One of the things I've been so interested in watching and impressed with is how you how you use everything including where you live and the farm and they you know kind of those things associated with that and still thinking about how how could I use that to be in business for myself and yeah
0: it really all comes down to content. Like I'm just a natural, like sitting here right now, I'm like, I could take a picture of the way these library rows are all set up really cool. And that would look cool to someone. Like that would inspire them to go pick out a book and read it, you know, like I just, you know how they say photographers see the world through a lens. Like I literally see through, that would look good on a post or that would be a good YouTube video. Or that might look cool as a website header. Like I just, I don't know, it's just the way I'm wired.
1: awesome and I think it's true I I think I have seen that in you that that you can walk into a room and go okay I think I you know if we would set up over here and look at it this way and shoot the the picture or whatever from this direction it's going to tell a better story and visually be more appealing I think I agree that's really where your talent um, kind of shines more than maybe even some of the others
0: yeah And I know, so you kind of said about how I use like all parts of me um, to create content. Um, A friend of mine not too long ago was reading. Have you ever read any of Rachel Hollis's books? Yes. Okay. So I've never read them. I'm not sure I'm like a full hollis fan but my friend was reading i think it was her first book her girl washer facebook and she was saying how apparently she has a chapter about how like she used to compartmentalize all the different parts of her life and it was like work rachel home rachel you know supporter rachel motivator rachel and then something happened where she was like this is all going to be me this is all going to be everything that i'm going to do and she talked about how that's when her success came that's when her like everything came together for her and so I, i definitely feel a little bit of that like i was no longer having to be like part mom, part agency owner and part blogger and part farmer, like when we moved here and my blog was my only source of creativity and my only source of income, um, was when I was able to really like just, and especially my Instagram, my my Instagram really is all parts of, of me in one place. And I, I think there's a little bit of, um, I can resonate with what she said about how when you when you present it all together and people see a complete picture of you even if it seems like a digital marketer and a farmer wouldn't make sense um it, it's it's a different level it's another another layer
1: <laughs> absolutely and i think it totally demonstrates that um you can you can really occupy any space and connect with other people and doing it do it in meaningful ways where they get value out of it and you create this kind of synergistic relationship, right?
0: Yeah. And I guess the, the other part of entrepreneurship that current day is happening is like, um, and I'm seeing other people start to ask questions and be like, how could I do this? I think there's a lot of moms like me that have mom responsibilities, but still want to contribute somehow, right? And so, when you've built up a following or you have, if you're able to create good content, I mean, now I have people that, that pay me to post their stuff, right. Or pay me if I sell so much of their products. And so it's, it's cool. I'm seeing more and more moms, not that we all want to be influencers and not that I even love that phrase, that title, <laughs> but it, it is true. Like it's like, I have, I just interviewed a girl who using Instagram started like a resale shop where she's like reselling like baby clothes, um, but she doesn't have to have brick and mortar. She's able to do that from her house, not even using a website, just using Instagram, right? Because you can buy right through Instagram and Facebook now. So I think that is kind of a cool part of where I'm at is I would like to see other people do that if they have a passion for it, you know? So there's a couple of ladies that I train and help along the way, but that's a whole nother, a whole nother, way of being an entrepreneur that I didn't think I would be at, but it it is a natural fit if I'm already taking pictures of the products I'm using and the things that I'm doing and taking good quality photos and and presenting them with the professional caption. Like people message me and they're like, hey, do do me next. (laughs) Post my thing next, you know? So it's it's something to consider.
1: I had not really heard a lot of conversation or given a lot of thought to the fact that Instagram has taken down really yet another big barrier to entry in many markets, which is you don't have to have brick and mortar. You have to have access to inventory, but that's really about it.
0: And you don't even have to have a website at this point. Like if you, like you can, you don't have to have an e-commerce site at this point. You can buy and sell through Instagram. And I'm pretty sure through Facebook, I think there's a cost to use their uh, live selling feature, but yeah, it's, it's definitely rewritten some rules.
1: Amazing what would you say as you think about the different hats you've worn and the different environments you've worked in and the phases of your business, can you think of a, of a significant challenge that you encountered and overcame and maybe what that was?
0: Yeah. Um, as I was reflecting, um, I really thought of two, two big challenges. One challenge was, uh, when we had with the height of the firm's busyness, um, it turns out I was not great at hiring people. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I made a couple of really bad hires that, that cost us time and energy and peace in our office. And, um, the way that I overcame that was I asked for help. So when, uh, when I got to the point where I, I had made a couple of bad hires and, and then I had to turn around and fire some people and that's never fun. Um, The next time I needed help, we would always bring on extra help in the summer because we were so busy. We actually had people that would only hire us from like spring break to like maybe Memorial Day, you know, um, or maybe Labor Day, whichever one's in September. Um, (laughs) So we would always bring on extra help during the summer. And so after a couple of really bad hires, I basically changed the hiring process to where like I would meet with them, but then they would have to meet with the team like a group interview. And then the final interview was they had to interview a Dean, my husband, who was technically 50, 50 partners of the business. So uh, that changed that process. And I didn't have another bad hire after that, but man, did I get it wrong a couple of times? Like I didn't realize people would just come into an interview and completely lie and completely put on one face and one spirit and then show up on the first day of work. And you're like, who is this person? (laughs) So, That was really hard. I didn't have any HR training. I didn't have any, I mean, I didn't know any of that. I just like to make, you know, pretty websites and then boom, I had a business and it was kind of, that was tough, that was tough. Um, And I would say the other biggest mistake, you know, I just was talking to my assistant who was my assistant back in the day, the other day, she texted me just to touch base. Uh, There's this one gal that I hired right away at the beginning and was with us for like most of the time we ran the company and she was kind of asking me like, would you do anything different? You know? And I really think ultimately I would like as much as I believed the advice that I was given that I needed to join all the groups and I needed to be seen in the community and I needed to sponsor things and I needed to, you know, have offices and everything. Like I kind of wish I would have just kept it like a small operation, kept it out of my house or even done what we ended up doing towards the end where we were just individual Freelancers, but not on a, a full team. You know, I think it would have saved me so much stress and so much money because uh, that really ate into our profits. All those things. Um, so yeah, if if I had to, I would I would definitely consider that a financial mistake. Was thinking that those things were more important than just doing doing really good job on content.
1: What a great lesson to learn, and what an awesome thing for you to recognize because now you're in a new market and it might have been really tempting to go okay I've got this blueprint I've done this in this other other market before so now I know what to do I'm going to go in and you could have really worn yourself out and taken away from the time and energy you spend on growing your business kind of that sideways energy business right yeah definitely awesome would you say is like the thing that feeds your spirit or maybe one of the biggest blessings or rewards you can see, um, in being in business for yourself, as opposed to working in the corporate world? Um,
0: so I think for, for my family, that kind of plays into everything that we do. Like my husband also works from home. We raise a lot of our own food. So like with the way that I Work now um, as a digital influencer or whatever, whatever you want to call it. Um, it just fits our lifestyle, you know. Being able to, I also homeschool my kids, right? So I'm, I get people all the time that are like, "How are you able to do everything you're able to do?" And it's like, "Well, I don't leave the house for eight hours a day, you know. Like, I walk to my little corner of the bedroom and set up my computer when I need to work, like." I have support, I have my husband's home all the time. My kids are home all the time. So I don't know, we're just, it for us that, that fuels our lifestyle is home-based. So a business that I can do based out of the home makes sense. And, and the other big thing that, that fuels me is I love to train people. I still love to train people. I love to teach a person how to do like a reel on Instagram or a filter. And then even if they're not doing it for business, even if they're just doing it for themselves, And then I see them making really good stuff. I don't know. I just enjoy
1: it. (laughs) Awesome. Boy, you know, you think about what you said that you're really your life and your work are now Mm -hmm. home-based. How smart do you feel at the other side of 2020? (laughs) You didn't make that. You did not make that pivot when the rest of the world did. You were way ahead of the game.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely, um, with the with coronavirus, um, it was affirming. It was affirming for me, for my family and I. Um, we were already homeschooling. We were already working at home. We already kept to ourselves. We weren't, we're not raising all of our food, but we were, we were pretty, cl- like if the grocery stores would have closed down, we would have had chicken and eggs. Like we would have survived and lettuce from the garden, like we would have been okay. So yeah, it was, uh, that was a dream. We joke that as soon as we signed the mortgage on our first house in New Braunfels, we immediately were like, what would it be like to live on a farm? (laughs) You know? So, you know, it, we, it was, yeah, we, we say that we were doing this lifestyle before it was cool, but that's really not even true because a lot of people, this used to be the norm. I always tell people working outside of the home and sending your kids to school outside the home. That's the experiment if you look at the history of our country, not to get all political, but we're really just returning to the way things were.
1: Absolutely. So I think my last question for you, Olivia, is what's next?
0: Oh gosh. Um, So I'm really just continuing with like my blog and my podcast and just trying to put my experiences that I've lived through and my, um, things that I learned, things that I learned, whether that be about Facebook or whether that be about running a business or even just like home and life and farming, like I'm really just trying to get that out there and help other people. Um, and so that's, that's kind of my goal with my blog and and podcast. But the the cool thing is like, I will tell one story. Um, the cool thing is that Dean's salary took a COVID cut at the beginning of COVID. And I remember him being like, we can do this for like a couple of months, but if it goes into the summer, we're going to be in trouble. Well, it went all the way until the next January, right? So I remember telling him like that, this was the first time that I truly was like, stay at home. Like I didn't have an income that I was bringing in. And I remember when he was telling me this thinking like, oh my gosh, if I still had a firm or worked for another marketing agency, like I, we would not be in this position. Like this makes me feel guilty, you know? And so I was like, do I need to get a job? And he was like, no, like just, you got to teach the kids anyways. So just like, if you can get a couple extra projects over the next, you know, year or so that would help us. But I was nervous because I was like, it's hard for people to market businesses when they're being closed down you know? So I was nervous, but literally the next morning after he said, just try to get some extra work. I had two people emailing me wanting websites built. Um, so it's like the, the groundwork that I laid back in Texas. I mean, I still have people that reach out to me when they need changes or they have new businesses or they're referring their friends. I just got a referral, you know, this week for someone needing, uh, e-commerce added to an existing site. So, it's kind of cool to be where I'm at. Um, I still get to work and I still get to contribute to the family, but it's, it's fun. I enjoy what I'm doing. Um, and I get to, I get to help other people kind of get to this point, whether that's like, I was just saying, training, training entrepreneurs on digital marketing or training other moms that want to know how they can use social media to support. Um, so yeah, does that kind of answer that?
1: (laughs) Totally answers it. What a, but a great example of, of what I see is just really terrific alignment between who you are and the gifts and talents that you have to offer the world and the way you want to use them. I just, I think it's, I think you're right where you're supposed to be doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. From somebody in the cheese seats.
0: <laughs> but yeah, so just one thing I want to explain, because I know it's entre- the class is entrepreneurship. I just want to explain that it's the only thing on my list that I, we didn't, that I didn't check off, but we, um our business was really unique in the fact that we, we didn't have a lot of overhead to get started. Mm -hmm. We kind of grew into our challenges. Like I remember having more profit at the beginning than I did in the middle. Okay. And that's not the norm. Like a lot of people go into debt starting their business and then they're just trying to make their money back and then they're profiting. And so like, I just want to acknowledge that it, it was different because it was online based and I already owned a computer and I already had a spare bedroom. Like I did not have startup costs. I really didn't. Um, but then when I was trying to join that rat race of competing in, you know, the town that I was in as it was growing. Um, so it's, it's interesting. We, we grew into our costs. We grew into our challenges. Um, and then we kind of grew out of it. We kind of, Changed it again. So, I don't know. I just want to point that out because that definitely is different than I think most entrepreneurs. And I just want to make sure that that people know that. That is, you know, if you're trying to start a boutique or a restaurant, you're not going to be able to get started with zero money. We were. um, But, and I know that's unique. So,
1: but what you bring up is so perfect, Olivia, because that is, that's been the focus of at least two of our evenings of conversation has been there are ways. To get into business for yourself without taking massive loans out of the bank and and yours is a perfect example of how that can work and even i think even in if you even set entrepreneurship aside and think about traditional business and you think about getting into new lines of business or um, taking on new challenges there are ways to start small yeah that don't involve such significant risk and debt and stress and all the rest of that. So thank you for for hitting that again, because I think that's super important.
0: Yeah. And even though, like I said, it was my small business uh, administration counselor that was like telling us to, to join the chamber and do all these things like that was still a really good resource. I mean, I know we have them here sure. in Kansas, not not as um, there's not as many like in Kansas as there were in Texas, but it really was nice to have like a third party person that I could go to and be like, what do you think of this pricing structure? What do you think about this? I would even take in like proposals, like contracts that I, before I would send them out, like we would meet every now and then and chat. It was so nice to have like a third party person. So whether ICC has that or any of the organizations in where you're at, I mean, I think that is, there are free resources for entrepreneurs that are, that are totally worth it, but you just have to remember that you're in charge at the end of the day. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: good point good point is there anything else you want to make sure that that we include in this kind of wrap up and and,
0: um... um I don't think so I mean I'm I'm a really big proponent of like just get out there and try it like regardless of your business I think the model that I used where I literally just went to a couple of friends and family and was like can I help you with that can I just try it You know, and then the next time when I felt like I did good at that, I was like, I went to friends and family and I was like, okay, just pay me like a little, just throw me a little something and I'm going to keep doing this. And then, then I was like, okay, no, I'm doing this and I've got years of experience at this and I've got results at this. Um, Then I was like, okay, I can charge, I could charge a certain amount, you know? So um, I'm really big on like, even the students that just kind of like graduated from my digital marketing class, I was like, now get out there and just post on Instagram, like just, you know, it's, it's not that big a deal if you post something wrong or you post something bad and you can delete it, you know, or something else will be posted the next day. So I'm really big on like nothing replaces. I, I used to meet so many entrepreneurs. There's still someone that I have in my mind that for the years that I would meet him at networking events, he was always planning to start a business for years. And I was just like, oh my gosh as soon as you plan it, it's going to change. Like my services that I offered at the end weren't the same as what I started with, you know? So I don't know. You really just got to get there and get out there and do it. It's kind of like having a baby. You can plan all you want. You can prep all you want. You're not going to be able to predict every little thing. Just, just try it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That is, that is big. And I know that that is big for you. So the fact that you can really embrace that is terrific. Yes. Terrific. Ooh. All right. Well, I think I've got all my questions answered. Thank you so much for taking time and giving it so much thought and really giving us such a wonderful example to to really look to at what a, a young female led business can do. Yes. With not a lot of not a lot of investment of, of money up front and but certainly a big investment of time, talent, and resource. So
0: Okay, so there you have my conversation with my mother-in-law, Jody. Thank you so much for interviewing me. It's an honor to be a part of that program. And uh, just a couple of reminders, check out Fab Lab ICC if you are interested in the entrepreneurial mindset course. Be sure to follow me on Facebook and Instagram at The Mama Marketer to keep the conversation going. And also remember, I just rolled out a six-week digital marketing course. So that is available. You can either download just the documentation for that course or you can actually sign up to have a zoom instructor section sessions with me personally so um, I look forward to chatting with you and uh, potentially coaching you in digital marketing have a great week bye